Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I am your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 43. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever you celebrated. I hope it was nice. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had some great sex, and I hope you enjoyed yourself. So I hope you also listened to my foreplay episode from last week or two weeks ago at this point. Um, I gave some awesome tips and tricks and ideas on how to spice up your foreplay um, and just level up in your foreplay. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I have so many exciting guests coming, you know, within the next couple weeks and I am always so excited to have new people on and just share their stories and their experiences and, you know, what has been going on in their life and just really open up the floor to all sorts of different topics. So as always, if you want to be on the podcast, you have something that you're passionate about or a crazy story, um, definitely feel free to reach out to me and I would love to have you on. So if you know me very well, you know that, of course, my passion is podcasting, but I also have a passion for fashion, lol, (laughs) and that's what this episode is going to be about. I have a very special guest, so let's get into it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. I have a very special guest today. She is the author of Healthy Fashion, and she's also a fashion entrepreneur. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Alyssa. Thank you so much, Janae, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat all about fashion. I know it's my passion and obviously yours. So I can't wait to just hear all about like how you got to where you are and all about your book. Um, So I always like to just start out by asking like, what inspired you to write a book and like, how did you get to where you are today? Sure. So basically I had a um, interest in fashion when I was very young. I was in high school from my junior, senior year. I started drawing in a sketchbook and I would draw fashion illustrations for weeks months of time and I ended up getting into some art classes and I would draw more and more fashion and then I realized I think I want to be a fashion designer so I went to the Academy of Art University after high school it's a college in San Francisco and I majored in fashion design I studied for four years there and it was a incredible opportunity because it really gave me a very uh large education on fashion, fashion business, fashion illustration, all types of different uh, forms of fashion. And, but what was really missing is I found that through all these classes and all this fashion information, I really wasn't getting into the deeper purpose of fashion. And there was always something that I felt missing in fashion and in fashion marketing. They were leaving something out. And so in regards to that, that sort of actually started the launch of me wanting to create and write the book of healthy fashion, because I felt that there were some philosophical concepts and within the mind, body and spirit sector that could be more introduced in the field of fashion. 
But after I studied fashion, I've sort of dabbled in fashion for quite a long time. I was in fashion retail, styling, customer service, retail management, fashion merchandising for many, many years. I also produced a fashion show. So I have fashion production uh, skills and it was an incredible fashion show. It was a lot of fun to make. I also created a handmade fashion brand. So when I was designing the clothes, producing them through pattern making and really being hands-on with the fabrics and designing the silhouettes and whatnot, I created a design that was comfortable yet high fashion. And that's really what I believe is the future of fashion to me. And I believe in all style genres. I believe we all have, we have to dabble and enjoy all fashion style genres, but one particularly uh, per, uh, specific fashion genre that I love is the athleisure and the minimalism. So I was designing these collections and I created this look that people were really enjoying. I was selling them at pop-up shops, at Whole Foods, grocery pop-up shops, in some online boutiques and some brick and mortar boutiques. And when I found that people were really drawing themselves to my clothes, what I figured is that they really enjoyed the comfort aspect. They mm. enjoyed the aesthetic, but it also kind of brought me into my next um, idea of creating and, and tuning into fashion and writing it down in my book about fashion that is for health, fashion for mind, body, and spirit. Because right now, we're sort of in this uh, transition from mainstream fashion, and we're uh, moving into, and we have been for the last you know, five to eight years, sustainable and eco fashion, where yeah. it's helping the environment. But right now, we're kind of moving into the sector of fashion for wellness, fashion for um, the body that uh, so say uh, cosmetic fabrics for instance we could put topical treatments within the fabrics that can uh, be administered within the skin they're doing that mm. uh, for example earth therapeutics has created a line of accessories where they have put aloe vera as a topical treatment within the fibers and i believe it might be a nano yeah nano treatment but it's the aloe vera that they're putting and they there's all kinds of fabrics now that they are creating uh, cosmetic beauty fabrics to treat the skin and eventually it actually treats the inside of the body because the fabrics it's been known and tested that the chemical dyes within the fabric uh, seeps into the skin and it goes into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So we have to be a little bit more aware and cautious about that. And that's why I definitely promote fabrics that are treating the body, low impact dyes and whatnot. I do talk about that. Um, at this rate though, I personally wear conventional fashion, um, not 100% conventional fashion, but it's in my budget and I, I don't promote 100% organic because it's not economical for everybody. And it's not budget friendly. And right. only 1% one, one, only 1 of the 1 to 10% of the world could wear organic at this rate. So we're, we're moving into the, the, the sustainable movement into the health and wellness and beauty and cosmetics sector and fashion 
for the mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, physical bodies, because we're a multidimensional human. And so with the theories and topics I talk about in the book, I, I try to bring fashion into the angle that how we fashion can treat each facet of the body, each, each emo, the fashion for the emotional body, fashion for the mental body, and so on. So with my background in fashion, business, retail, production, design, merchandising, styling, I also have a background in the holistic uh, health and as an energy healer, I do, I do work as an, a planetary energy healer. And I also lived in a lot of ashrams and monasteries where I would immerse myself in yoga and meditation and healing healthy foods. So with that background of sort of the spiritual essence that I was really gravitating to, I kind of brought that into the book and I brought in that into my fashion work. Fashion that is spiritual, fashion that is divine, fashion that is enlightening. And we do find it. I mean, it's out there. We're wearing healing healthy fashion no matter what because we're gravitating to the wardrobes and pieces that we need. But I do also elaborate on the idea that we do sacrifice in the name of fashion. We mm -hmm. do actually, uh, we, we wear clothes that could hurt us. Uh, we wear clothes that itch and poke us and they prod and we we have to sort of wear sometimes we wear clothes that are too tight and everything so what i do is uh, i find that when fashion designers uh, approach ergonomic design design that doesn't sacrifice the body but ergonomic design is basically fashion that is completely therapeutic completely efficient performs for the body working okay. for the body working for the movement of the body so I also talk very in-depthly about how design, fashion and design can really treat the body well or can actually hurt the body, Definitely. depending on the design and the ergonomics. And I think, and I think the, I know just from experience, like certain yarns and, and different fabrics can really just, I feel like it, it sounds weird, but I feel like certain, like when I touch a piece of clothing, it's like, it can make you truly feel a certain way, right? Like if something is really soft, like it just like, you just want to put it on right away and just like feel cozy, right? And then like, I can't think of what it's called, but there's a certain yarn that's very um, like picky and it's, it, yes, yeah, yeah. And it's very uncomfortable and people, I think probably wear it mostly in the winter, but it's, it's, I don't know. I just gravitate towards like very soft, very like, comfortable clothing for the most part I would say um and that's you're something that... yes you're in tune with your body and the mm -hmm. tactile sensitivity of uh, of the human body so I, I'm the exact same way as you I, I gravitate towards soft fabrics there's a mm -hmm. lot of comfortable fabrics and I I actually had gone through phases mostly in my younger years where I would not care about the fabrics if it looked good i'd wear it but then, right. all, day long, but then all day long i'm like this is so uncomfortable i cannot right. 
Oh, I've definitely, I've definitely been there too. And it's like, why did I buy this? It's cute, but it's not even comfortable. I feel like as I get older, it's like, I just want to be comfy and, and wear things that are like, make me feel good, but also like just very soft and cozy, I guess you could say. And that's a lot of like, like you were saying loungewear and that's, I feel like that's athleisure loungewear. I feel like is huge right now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I find it so interesting. Yes, you are correct. The athleisure and the minimalism and the active wear is huge right now. And it's because we are craving comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about comfort. It's about soothing our being. It's, it's a therapy. It's a form of fashion. It's a form of therapy that we can use to treat our mind, body, and spirit. And there are plenty of designs and fashion brands and clothing the, the cuts are not correct. The, the fabrics right. are not correct. The design is not aesthetically pleasing because if you wear an unaesthetically pleasing garment, you don't feel comfortable because you think right. it doesn't look right. So we're always, you know, kind of gravitating towards more comfortable clothing at this rate, I believe partly because there is a spiritual ascension happening on the planet and a lot of this uh, uncomfortable clothing is, it's not for the wearer, it's for the seer. And it's actually fulfilling the ego. It's fulfilling mm. negativity. And it's also uh, unconsciously hurting our body. Right. When we go about our day, especially, you know, um, well, just for example, um, business suits that have no stretch in them, no, you know, we could easily make a knitwear business suit, say, for instance, Coco Chanel designed the knitwear two to three piece business suit set, and it was stretchy, it had the stretch, but it looked completely formal and professional. But we're so immune to this polyester that is mostly stiff. And um, if it does have stretch, it's still constricting because it has lack of breathability. And I, I'm not dissing polyester. I actually still wear some polyester. My coat is poly because I don't wear animals because I'm mm-hmm. allergic. So I, I still wear some poly. I do wear poly in my shoes and I don't, I, I am obsessed with leggings. So there's some spandex yeah. in leggings, and right. spandex, but they are designing bio-based nylon now. So it'll be a vegetable-based uh, spandex, which is coming out. Um, wow. And it, it may be in the market very, very quickly um, and, and spread widespread very quickly. We, we just don't know. At this rate though, I even saw um, that some of the bigger brands are sort of finding to fine tuning their collections and they're bringing luxury and into their garments. So when we can tap into the luxury markets and then sort of bring them down into the mass markets and the contemporary markets, because they know what they're doing in the luxury markets. They're making a luxury product. Mm -hmm. They're making it feel luxurious. They're making it feel soothing and harmonious and comfortable and very high taste in designer. So I I do believe that that's a, a 
strong point in 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 regards to fashion for health is bringing in that piece of luxury we all deserve a little piece of luxury and it doesn't have to it it doesn't have to be like rich and formal and wealthy for the for the elite everyone should have a piece of luxury and and wear comfortable luxurious garments definitely i love that and i think it's it's such a good point that like yeah you should you should cheer yourself and and have something that just makes you feel happy because i don't i whenever i go shopping or buy something new i am like on top of the world like i get so excited online shopping in person shopping like i just love it all and so i think that's so fair to just you know treat yourself but also like you're paying for what you get right cuz sometimes you know you can get you know simple um, you know, maybe not as healthy fabric and, and you can get it for a cheap price, but it's like, you're also, you know, it probably won't last as long. It's not really good for your body. And there's just so many different aspects that people don't really think about. Right. And I think that's a good point of just, and that's what I love about your book is just kind of spreading that awareness of, you know, like you really should be focusing on like the things that you buy and how it makes you feel and you know what you were saying the mind body and soul and I love that because it's it's really so true in all aspects you know um so let's get into like some of the parts of your book so like let's start off with like the mental health part of um the fashion book so basically supporting the mind and just let's get into that first because I think that's very interesting. Yes, this is a a challenging topic to discuss because it's the mind is very delicate and sensitive. So mm-hmm. we have to really play into psychology and psychology can get really confusing and really um you know challenging. But I sort of tackled it in the way of I've I've put in different subjects, uh, specifically one of the most uh, larger concepts in the book is I talked about the Junjian archetypes versus the stereotypes. So we have the archetypes and then the stereotypes. The stereotypes are, say, fashion, when you perceive clothes and you see a stereotypical outfit, and this could be, uh, you know, the jock, the the clown, the homeless person, the hippie, the mm-hmm. the different types of sort of on the surface stereotypes that we see. But with the archetypes, what I find is when we perceive, and this is the archetypes. The archetypes are the hero, the magician, the adventurer the innocent, um, the romantic. And so when we see, say, clothing, and we see an athletic person wearing a a sports gear outfit, and we look at this person, we say, oh, he's a jock. But we're really what we're doing here is we're not going deeper into the outfit and into the person. Person is so when we when we actually look at the jock and we say let's compare the stereotype of the jock and what is the archetype of the stereotype jock the archetype is the hero or the adventurer 
So when we look at the jock and we say, you know what, he's the hero archetype, he's the adventurer archetype, we're actually breaking through some of these stereotypes that are kind of narrowing down the perception of fashion. We're going to go deeper into fashion. You know, instead of looking at a hippie and saying, oh, this person is a hippie. Well, the thing is, not everybody wants to be called a hippie because there's so many connotations involved in what a hippie looks like. And the subgenre, we could style genre, we could call okay, bohemian. But if we even go deeper, we can say, well, the archetype of hippie is the innocent. The, in, the they're expressing the childlike freedom, the innocent, the purity. And I believe that when we go deeper behind the specific stereotypes of fashion, we can actually sort of make fashion feel like we are honoring the, the human more, you know? Well, I love that. Yeah, so so we we are so I'm challenging the idea of because for me personally, when I see stereotypical fashion and, and my mind completely is uh, constantly alerted to stereotypes just because. Mm-hmm. But when we do when I do go deeper and I see some of the more profound psychological things behind fashion, what fashion can be looked at as. I think it's it, it makes us honor who we are. We're honoring that person's dress. We're honoring them, and then we're we're honoring who we are. So that's one specific um, piece uh, uh, that I talk about with the introduction of archetypal fashion versus stereotypical fashion. And then I also speak on sexual exploitation a lot. Uh, not a lot. There's definitely a few pages on sexual exploitation because I find too that fashion can protect our body. Mm-hmm. And, but mentally speaking, you know, you could see a woman dressed in a bathing suit and she's completely fine. There's nothing sexual about it. It's a bathing suit. But mm-hmm. you, but then you see her in a uh, like a a body fitted bodice dress and all of a sudden she's provocative. So we have to actually figure out what what is fashion? Why is this doing this to our bodies? Right. And I, I find too with the sexual exploitation in fashion, we do have to protect our body, but at the same time, we don't have to cover our bodies to hide because we're born with this body it doesn't have to be to the point where we're scared of our body being seen but there's different there are different uh ways of our body speaking through fashion where the sexual exploitation is not even the garments that we wear but it's coming within but Mm. there is but there is trashy fashion i mean let's face it there is definitely trashy fashion out there and and there's also more um conservative and fashion that is still revealing but it doesn't sexually exploit so i do tackle sexual exploitation because i think it's very mental i think Mm -hmm. that uh there's a lot of fashion out there that plays with our minds and what we come what it comes down to is 
once again, we have to see the garment and it could be uh, not our own perception. We're actually being intuitive about a, a person's appearance and it has nothing to do with us. It could just be a matter of that person and what they, what they like, but it also could be them triggering other people if they're saying dressed inappropriately, it could be them attempting to trigger people and to sexually exploit themselves and others. So I do mention um, sexual exploitation and how it affects the mind and what we can do about it. That's um, an interesting thought. I've never, I've never thought about that. And I think, you know, say you're walking in the street in a big city and, you know, you, I mean, I love um, street fashion. I think it's super, I think it's super fun and interesting. And just like, I, I personally love just like going I like people watching I guess you could say and just like seeing what people wear and like I obviously the trends change so much that's what I think is so cool about fashion but like okay so say you're in a big city and you're you know walking down the street you see all these people dressed so differently and you do see someone you know wearing like maybe a really really short skirt and like these big massive heels and you think oh wow like I wonder what she's doing and and I think it's an interesting thought of like try not to think about and judge, you know, what they're wearing and just think like, Hey, maybe they, maybe they had a really, a really tough day today. And they just felt like looking maybe sexy today. And, and that's fine. And and they're allowed to do that and not put your judgment on them and kind of just, and I think that's a lot of things like things in life, just people look at something and they instantly judge, you know, um, on social media, I think is a big one too. You know, people just, they see one thing that someone posts or, you know, in wearing in their photo and they're like, oh, that person is so provocative or, or what have you. And I think it's, it's so hard because I feel like the world is very judgmental in general. And I think that's why I have this podcast is just like opening up people's minds and, and change, not changing their mindset, but really opening it up and just really having, you know, more diversity and just thinking, you know, the reason why someone's wearing something and they could be, you know, covering up their body and maybe they're really like having a tough day. Maybe they had a really bad insecurity and they don't want anyone to look at it. So it is a very interesting concept of just like, when you see someone wearing something and you, try to you know you instantly start judging them but like try to take a step back and think you know they feel they feel good in that they put themselves in that today and just um you know give them props for for getting out of bed sometimes right no yes no i i believe that some people are really not trying to be seductive right right you're walking around in a pair of leggings you know and you're not trying to reveal yourself. You're truly right. comfortable. I mean, yeah. some people are just comfortable with the types of clothes that they wear. Absolutely. What I find too is um, there are roots of evil with, um, say, prostitution. Mm. Um, prostitution and what women would design, what women would try to wear and attempt to seduce a man. So right. they're they're some roots of evil behind clothing, but also it, it there's really fine lines and it, it goes beyond boundaries because some people are truly not trying to seduce. They're truly right. just comfortable and want to wear what they want to wear. 
But I do find that we have to tackle this issue because with the fashion marketing, and especially in some of the high fashion capitals, London, Milan, New York, um, Paris, Tokyo, a lot of the fashion marketing, they, they do some sexual exploitation in some of the, their marketing in order to lure people and say, this is how you know, you're going to look. But the thing is, we can look attractive, but we don't have to be look, dressing to sexually attract. It's one thing to be attractive and, and that's fine. People can, be, can look attractive, but that's not, it's not wearing something to actually seduce. There's a complete difference. Yes, that totally makes sense. That's that's such an interesting thought. I'm very I'm very intrigued by your your brain and your your thoughts. I love I just love the the curation and just the the different because really I feel like people I mean I I love fashion so I I just am very intrigued on this topic and so I feel like some people they just like they throw on clothes and then that's it right um, but there's just there really is so much more to it and it's. It's so cool. Um, so let's talk about, I read this, I guess, um, fact, I guess you could call it. And it said, we throw away 81 pounds of clothes every year. So right. let's talk about just like what we can do to, you know, avoid these types of things. And I mean, I am one I, I like thrifting. Thrifting is fun. I need to kind of do it more. I think, um, you know, I know f- just literally throwing your clothes in the trash is like very bad and, and not a good idea. And um, just what can we do to avoid the amount of um, clothing in the, in the world, I guess, in the trash? Yes, there's the a huge <laughs> You know, that's, that's a very important topic. And what I find is the reason why there's so much throwaway fashion is people uh, are wearing so much polyester and fast fashion really came about in the 1930s when they invented rayon, acetate, acrylic, polyester, which was a big boom in the 1930s. So ever since the 1930s, it was the, the polyester has been growing and growing and growing to the point where it's really quick and easy to produce polyester. And it's easy to throw it away because we're not really clinging to it. And I think it's because we need more plants in our wardrobe. Mm. We need that plant connection with our our clothing that plant human connection I find that when we go out into nature we go out into the ocean and the wilderness we're just having such feelings of peace and harmony and when we wear plants it actually makes that those feelings come about when we wear the cotton and linen and hemp and we do have to introduce much more uh, plants uh, pina uh, nettle rami even uh, seaweed fabrics uh, cactus fabrics there's new plants uh, coming about uh, in like rosebush stem fabric all kinds of plants that we need to really 
bring about in order to bring and raise and increase plant-based fabric. So what I find is the, the reason why my wardrobe is so tiny is because I'm trying to find cotton and mm. linen and a few other plant fabrics. I like to wear most of my first layers in, in plants. So if we actually just wore uh, plant-based fabrics and scouted out for plant-based fabrics, the demand for polyester would decrease dramatically. Mm. So it would be mass fashion. It wouldn't be fast fashion because mass fashion will never go away because there's 7 billion people on this planet. But right. the thing is with fast fashion, it's almost like the, the materials are so junky. People are just not wanting to hold on to it because they're just not creating that connection with polyester the way they do with plants. That's so if, if, we did, if we did just decrease our wardrobe, because if we found that we really can't just buy and buy and buy, just find plants, it's just going to automatically decrease and make our wardrobe more like a ready-to-wear collection versus a, you know, or not a ready-to-wear collection, excuse me, like a ready-to-wear showroom versus, you know, a Target or Walmart's collection. Mm. We're just going to minimize our, our wardrobe. And I say thrifting is probably the most important way to, like you had said, thrifting is one of the most important yes. ways to reduce and eliminate uh, the demand for fast fashion. But polyester is really the most worst thing that's happening in fashion. And I'm not saying it's, you know, like, like I said, the number one pollution, the number one top polluter in the world is poly is, is oil, excuse me. So mm -hmm. the, the number one top polluter is oil. And the second most top polluter in is fashion. And that is because wow. they're using the oil to make the fabrics. So creating bio-based fabrics and plant-based fabrics is going to eliminate waste because we can burn the fabrics with no problem and we can compost them and biodegrade them with no problem if we just made them into plants. And polyester is creating this landfill chaos because right. They cannot biodegrade. Excuse me. They cannot biodegrade. Right, right. And I think another layer on this, and I guess maybe this is just my thought, but I think another layer is the fact that you know there's new trends constantly, right? You know, there's. I, I think of just like the now we used to be skinny jeans, and now it's like the mom jeans and like the looser fit jeans. I mean, leggings. I feel like I've been around for a good amount of time now, but. Um, there's just like so many different trends. Like I feel like sweaters are super in right now. Like I feel like I have so many different types of sweaters and it's just like the, you know, the open shoulder sweaters and then like the off the shoulder sweaters, like that's kind of what I like, but, um, there's just so many trends. And I think a lot of people will go into a store and they'll be like, oh, well, this is the new trend. Okay. Well, I need to buy this because I, I want to, you know, I want to look cute and I, and I want to, I want to be trendy. And I think that's a big layer on this because if someone walks into a store and they see, oh, well, this is the hot new trend right now, they, they get it, they wear it a couple of times and then, 
on to the next trend and it's something else. And I think a lot of people will buy just what's in trend. And I think a good way of thinking differently, and I've actually kind of been training myself on this is before I'm about to buy a piece of clothing, I kind of ask myself, how long will this last me? Like how, like, is this just a trend that's going on right now? Or could I, is this like a staple piece? You know what I mean? I think that's a really good question to kind of ask yourself before you buy something and see like, is this a good piece? Like, is it, is it cheap? Is it, is it going to last me a long time? Um, You know, how many outfits could I wear this with? Is it just like, I can only wear it with one pair of jeans or, or can I wear it with like, you know, multiple pairs of jeans or sweatpants. And so I think kind of asking those questions, I think can really help you not be so, um, I guess, just on the trends and, and kind of think, think forward and, and be fashion forward. And I think that's, I think that's a huge, a huge factor in just trends, I guess. So what are your thoughts on fashion trends and what are your what are your fashion trends that you don't like? I'm very curious what your besides like um, fabrics, is there some trends that you're like, I am not a fan of? Well, I believe I believe you're correct with the trends being um, really fast. And you know, this is one thing when I try to keep up with the ready-to-wear collections, there's about 12 ready-to-wear collections uh, per year. So basically, there's four large collections that the designers put out per year, and all of these fashion business professionals have to watch these collections and observe them from hundreds of designers. So it's extremely overwhelming and extremely fast-paced. And you know, by the you're you're watching the collections in September, and then all of a sudden you're in February and you're supposed to watch hundreds of more collections and it's extremely overwhelming. So I think that there is a, a fast pace that happens and occurs with these trends. And I think that this is something that I haven't really taken enough uh, time to really think you know, more and more clearly about how it could be done in order to create a more slower pace within the the trend market. I personally love trends like you. I find them to be fun and it's like this collective energy and you wanna be a part of it and it's really exciting and inspiring. But at the same time, when we hold on to these classic pieces in our wardrobe that are timeless and they're still trendy, those are the pieces that are going to stick with us and those are the the fashions that really are helping us and helping our wardrobe so i think what you just said is really crucially a key in order to define in order to discover and define your own sense of style going into the shops and saying is this piece really going to stay in my wardrobe Mm-hmm. And I still, at this rate, I was shopping the outlets tr- and I was finding some cotton garments and I'm like getting kind of desperate because 5% of any, sh- there's only 5% plant-based apparel now in, in you know, wow. mainstream fashions pretty much. So I'm, f- I'm picking out these garments and then I'm looking about what I got and I'm like, 
why on earth did I get this garment? And it's like, you know, you know, I'm 36 years old and I'm still stumped with my wardrobe and thinking I'm going to buy everything that I'm supposed to. But that's why I feel like thrifting and everything is going to really help. Because when you go into a thrift store, you find a brand new garment, you know that someone may have made a choice and made bought something they really just didn't want to wear or couldn't wear. Or or buyer's remorse. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I think that thrifting and, oh, back to the trends. So yes, I believe that the ready to wear collections and the, in the fashion news magazines, what they're saying is they're trying to create more, not trendless shows, but seasonless fashion shows. So they're doing performances and collections that are different than the typical and I believe that it does have to stem from the ready-to-wear collections because the ready-to-wear collections inspire the contemporary in mass collections right it it really has to come to the not the elite but the fashion industry that is promoting the trends which is the ready to wear and they are doing things they are trying to create more collections that are not just fast paced and Mm. with the virus happening a lot of these fashion shows are closing down and they're just doing digital digital collections and everything and it's it's just a matter i guess of everything kind of coming together see with the whole holistic healthy fashion all the industries are kind of moving into more holistic healthy fashion like say cars are turning into hybrid and electric and they're making all their materials into uh hemp materials and their the tires are they're creating rubber tires out of dandelion roots like amazing what different industries are doing and i think that we all sort of have to advance just just advance to make sure the environment is healthy and makes and it'll make us healthier right do you have some brands that you can share that you know represent healthy fashion that you like to buy that's a really good question and well i would definitely shop online if you can Mm -hmm. if you don't mind shopping online and not trying on the product. You have so many options of organic apparel, low impact apparel, sustainable apparel, all kinds of fashions. But to me, um, I'm at the point where I really like to try it on and I just can't fuss. I, I, I just can't fuss right now. I can't take the stress of returning garments. Yeah. So, not I, yeah. So I've done quite a bit of research on different brands that say for instance this top is from Aeropostale that I'm wearing some of these younger youthful 
fashion brands I tend to like. I like American Eagle. I like Aeropostale. Um, I like Express. I like these, some of the mainstream fashion brands. I love the surfing brands, PacSun. Yeah. I, I even shop. I've shopped at Target. Uh, they have a sustainable collection and they had a hundred percent garment, oh. a cute little sweatshirt with a shirring on the sleeve and the cut was just right and a cute rolled hem. So I, I tend to shop on a budget and I do like to shop at the outlets specifically. Mm-hmm. And I do like contemporary fashion, ready to wear fashion, and even mass fashion. I have even shopped at Zara and I, I know that many designers don't, or fashion professionals and fashionistas don't support Zara because it's they do a lot of fast fashion. Uh, but I ended up finding uh, a couple tank tops that were just so comfortable and ergonomic that yeah. I could myself so if I promote and support the types of fashion that are cotton or linen or if I promote you know brands that are doing good things with some of their products then I'm promoting a piece of good in their company yeah I think every company has a little bit of good and possibly bad you know everybody has strengths and weaknesses there's every company is trying I believe and some companies can do better and they will do better when they are when they want to right but at the time I I believe shopping online is where you're going to find the organic Mm, you're going to find the the ethical you're going to find a a whole host of, of different types of brands um but particularly I I like also jockey like some of the sportswear companies. Yep. I like Nike, I like Adidas. Uh, I tend to be a little bit of a in-person local shopper. So, you know, I shop the malls, I shop the outlets. I do uh, tend to go on some road trips and, and whatnot and venture into some of the uh, high fashion shops, which is fun too. Yes, and- I love going in those. Just looking around, it's just so fun to see all like the trends. I love looking at like, I don't know, some of the insane purse, uh, like Gucci and Fendi. And I'm just like, oh my God, I wish I could afford this. But it's it's cool to just see. I love to think about, and you as a designer, I'm sure you think like, wow, like how they thought about like designing this crazy pattern. They're like, how it's like reversible. Like I've seen so many bags that are like a, a, a backpack, but then you can also reverse it into like a, a, a hand purse. And I just think it's so fun to, play around and look at like that sort of stuff even though I can't really afford it (laughs) yeah no I I personally I can't afford it either and but I'm so inspired by you know high fashion brands they're so inspiring and intriguing and I believe they they will eventually be attainable to all when we grasp the idea that you know mass and contemporary can make that fashion accessible absolutely I, I believe I believe that the things will change for the industry I yeah. do because I think that everybody deserves a little bit of luxury Definitely. everybody deserves some high fashion designer products yeah now let me ask you this do you think it's just for example Gucci Fendi I don't know Louis Vuitton do you think that 
those brands like yes it's obviously good quality but do you think that they just jack up their prices just for the name like do you think that some of those materials are just like I don't know your Michael Kors or like your a little bit cheaper if you will um materials or do you think it's just because the the brand is on the item yeah I I do think they jack up their prices especially with the ones where they use polyester materials Mm. it's just like you know, I mean, I think sometimes the reason why it's so high priced is they truly do some hand making techniques that would take oh, many true. hours. But that's I also do believe that they definitely have crazy prices because it's the name. But when you, but, but they do something to make, they, they do something that other different types of markets produce they produce something where people will spend that money extra money and it actually makes the the product more special and right makes people kind of keep it in good condition and a longer rate yeah and, that's and the quality especially I, I would mention too that the quality of uh high fashion chanel coat it will last many years because of the techniques that they're using. But I do believe what you said, it is correct. Many of their products are being jacked up and it's not really worth the price. Right. No, I totally agree. I mean, some of, I have, I mean, I like Ugg boots. I've had a pair of my Ugg boots literally since 2007 and they're still going. Like. I've had some Michael Kors purses literally for like 10 plus years. It's like, I take good care of them. You know, I, I put them in their dust bags when, you know, I'm not using them and like just keeping, taking care of your items, I think is also so important. Like reading the labels and seeing how they should be washed or dry cleaned. And I mean, that's just like silly common knowledge, but I think some people just kind of throw it in the wash and say, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think it's all just kind of what you, what you put into it and, and really just, I just, I don't know. I just, I like when things are good quality, but at the same time, just like good for the environment. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be more cautious and, and really just kind of look at that stuff because I think it it is so important. And, and I do actually have so many, so much clothes that I want to get rid of. And I really want to either thrift or like try to sell them in some way. Um, what about donating? Do you recommend um, that? Or I guess, what are your thoughts on donations? Yeah, you can definitely donate them. Or you can go to a store where you can make a little bit of money uh, after mm-hmm. they sell it. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. You can do like a resale shop you can donate uh there are some high-end thrift stores where you can give them a garment and they will give you some money right else you can do it that way there's also clothing drop-offs there's the uh those large bins yes yep to do that when it's convenient, you know, when you, when you just, you know, when, a, when a store is closed and you just really want to get rid of it and you just want to do it now or you won't ever. Right, <laughs> right. Go to the clothing bin. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. 
So I have one last question for you, and then we're going to play our game. So if you could describe your wardrobe in a couple words or sentences, how would you describe your wardrobe? Uh, I would definitely consider it definitely athleisure, minimal, active wear, surf inspired a little bit, comfortable. I find aesthetically, I love surf apparel. I love that look so much. I like the colors and the cuts and the patterns. Yes. But I also, I, I also like all different types of style genres. But right now, I'm keeping it very simple and just easy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I kind of like simplicity and then just kind of like adding, you know, some accessories or some, you know, doing your hair different or throwing on a pair of earrings or glasses or, you know what I mean? I love, I love kind of having a simple look, but then like spicing it up, like maybe throw a pair of like printed heels on or boots, um, just kind of, I, I like to have fun with it. So that's really cool that you're like kind of minimalist, but then also surf inspired. I love that. Cause I also love the colors of all those brands like Roxy is, I actually really, really like that brand. Um, yeah, I love Roxy. That's super cool. I love that. All right. Are you ready for our game? Yes. Awesome. So this is called this or that, and it is fashion edition. All right. So the first one is cardigan or blazer. Uh, okay. I'm supposed to go real quick with this too, aren't I? Okay. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I would go with blazer. Blazer. Love it. Mom jeans or skinny jeans? Skinny. Skinny jeans. Love it. Um, romper or a dress? Dress. Dress. Heels or flats? Flats. Nice. Do you prefer dark denim or light denim? Ooh, that's tricky. I would say light. Light denim. Yeah, I love light denim too. So do you prefer neutral colors or bold colors? Technically, I like pastels and neutrals the most, but Mm. I wish I could wear more bold. I do wear bold, but I, I would say neutrals first. Yep. Yeah. Cause then it can match with like anything else that you wear too, which is nice. All right. So if you could only in person shop or online shop for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Oh my, that's really tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, hmm, like a specific brand? Or yeah, I guess like if you could only shop in person, like you would go to any store or you could shop online any store. (laughs) It's a tough one. I'm sorry, this is gonna be this is gonna be tricky. Um I guess my most favorite shop, even though I can't I can't really say it's my the best. Uh I'll just have to go with I'm gonna say the wrong answer. I'm gonna oh. say 
I can't think of one store yet because I don't think I'm at the correct phase of shopping where I, I've really found the shop. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. I really haven't found the shop for me, but I love Pacific somewhere. So I'll say Pacific somewhere for now. Love that. Love that. Shoes or bags? I would say shoes. Shoes. All right. If you could only wear animal prints forever or only wear bright colors forever, which one would you choose? Wow. That is another challenging one. <laughs> I would say bright colors. Bright colors. Nice. Um, accessories or simplicity? Well, if you're talking about me, I wish I wish I wore more accessories accessories, but right now I don't. So I guess I'm going to say simplicity. Love it. Nice. All right. Only jeans for the rest of your life or only leggings for the rest of your life? Oh, this one's easy. Leggings. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, if you could only wear ball gowns every single day for the rest of your life or only wear swimwear for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, definitely swimwear. Swimwear. Love yeah. it. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, Alyssa, let everyone know where they can find you and your book and plug all of your social. Okay, great. Uh, my website is www.h as in healthy, f as in fashion, campaign.com. And my Instagram handle is at hfcampaign.com. And my Facebook is at healthyfashioncampaign.com. But you can find all my social media on my website. And you can find my bookstore. It's selling um, across the globe right now in dozens of bookstores specifically Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, IndieBound, uh, and a host more. It's even selling at Walmart. So if you want to check out my book, the book is titled Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. And if you liked our discussion, me and Janae, you definitely will like the book because there's a lot of good, interesting information about fashion that I have shared, uh, like our, the conversation that me and Janae have had. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. And thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it and appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed that extremely fun episode talking about fashion with Alyssa. Definitely be sure to connect with her. And of course, as always, connect with me on all your social media platforms at My Naked Mindset. I would love if you would rate, review, my podcast, they have that now on Spotify, so I would love a five-star if you wouldn't mind. And also, you can rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, and please email me if you have any topic ideas, segments that you would like me to do. Definitely email me, mynakedmindsetpodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate you being here so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!